at the Fulfillment Center, uh, in the years and decades that we've been at the church, we've seen a lot of things that have helped. We've seen a few things that have hurt. Uh, the church has been continuous. It's, it's done the mission, sometimes in better ways than others, but uh, we've seen phases or we've seen stages, and the Bible talks about that, how there's times for this and times for that. It does bring that up. It gives roles and responsibilities to different groups of people. And oftentimes in churches, it doesn't have to say Baptist on the door. Oftentimes the folks that occupy the pews, what? (laughs) What? Kids. Kids, you may be dismissed to go to your classes. And that's what you get for teasing old guys like Brother Samson about being old and forgetful. You're humbled in a public fashion. <laughs> Brother Samson, I am sorry for calling you old and forgetful the last time that I had the opportunity. Yeah, I know. No, you wouldn't have ever done anything like that. But there's phases in life. When uh, Norman and I met, we were teenagers, and we remember those days. And, and uh, if you look at uh, just having celebrated 49 years, uh, the things are much the same, but things are very different as we look at 49 years of marriage versus the teenagers that we were when we met. As we look, when we came to the church at age 25, the Georges are much older than that, but uh, they came just a few weeks uh, before we did. I think uh, somewhere around 31, 32, somewhere in that neighborhood when they came. And look at us now. To this church, we were, some of you, and now... We're the O'Codgers. Y'all know the three stages of a man's life, right? There's youth. There's manhood. And then you enter that, oh, aren't you so cute? (laughs) And uh, several of us in here know which phase of life uh, that we're in. But in all times of life, there are some things that are not just the responsibility of whoever it is that's occupying the position of pastor. Oftentimes... When we see things or we hear things that don't necessarily sit with the way we see or think about things, we'll say, oh, that's the pastor's job. So one of the great things about discipleship, which is a a phase that we've been neglecting far too long, I'm excited about the fact that we're getting into it, is we will finally get to break down and see with no excuses, no rationalization, what it is the pastor's job to do and what it is our job to do. Fulfillment Center is... What is it that as we serve Christ through years and decades, what are we supposed to do? The answer is we're supposed to grow in grace. We're supposed to grow in the knowledge of the things. If I'm still behaving at age 68 like I did as a 12-year-old boy that bowed a knee and asked Christ to save me, then that's an indication that there's something bad wrong and I better be taken to the doctor because I've not grown. What happens to a child? We have... We have expectant mothers in here. We always have a fresh supply of babies, and we're, and we're grateful for that. But what happens after very long if that child does not begin to grow and exhibit signs that it's developing along? When Christ saved us, many times we focus so much on salvation that we don't focus on, and are they developing the way that the Lord left us in the Bible that we should be? Now, what is the purpose of discipleship? Number one, it's obedience. Number two is to help us learn how to purposefully grow 
and to mature in ways that please God. He gave us some very clear and specific instruction. And uh, Pastor said it like this last week in Matthew chapter 28 in the Great Commission, go uh, get them one and then baptize them. We have uh, had much focus on that. Oftentimes with our missionaries as we give reports, we'll give reports on how many have been saved over the course of the last year. And one of the things I've loved about this church is our outreach to missionaries and knowing that as we put a dollar in, and I think when Norman and I started, I think it was $5 back in the day a week on Faith Promise that we decided we could give. But I was so excited to know that that $5 was reaching people and they were getting saved. And we'd hear the missionary letters uh, we read from Captain Canada, uh, Eric did tonight. And when they came, what happened? Uh, I was getting a gospel with his vision across Canada and we had the Show Me Gospel Project, and that helped us during times of COVID, and, and we had that phase of our life, and we grew, and we had to build a new building during COVID because we were doing part of what needs to be done. The, the, the thing we're doing right now to get the, the gospel out in, in languages that it's never been published in, in the Mexican Sign Language, uh, we're, we're being obedient in those things, but all of that is outward. As we look at what we're looking at now, and we'll be beginning in October on all of ourselves, it's an inward look. Are we developing in a way? Can we see progress from where we started to now? Is the baby, is it becoming a preteen? Is it becoming a teen? Is it breaking away like we have grandchildren now that are leaving mama's and daddy's house and going? Is that normal progression of coming to a point of personal accountability before the Lord and not laying things off? Is that happening? Andy, I asked you to look up a verse and read it. Here's kind of a, a great big high-level overview of a job of a pastor. And sometimes we get upset about him when he's obedient to what the Bible tells him he's supposed to do. Read that verse out loud, real big, big boy voice. So first three words. Preach the word. We have a preacher, I just kind of need to talk to you about that a little bit. There's some of that word that's, you know, it kind of offends me just a little bit. And it's some of it that doesn't line up well with the way I look at things. What's his command? He gets that feedback from us sometimes. Shame on us. What's his command from the word of God? Preach the word. How much of the word? Is he not command? Is the, is the word not an inclusive statement? All of it? Maybe he just wants to pick those parts that he likes. Maybe, maybe he can leave out the parts he doesn't like. Preach the word. Be instant. What does that mean? The Bible says be ready always to give a reason of the hope that is within you. Be instant. In season, that means when the blessings are flowing and things are going good. There's some folks that's been over in, uh, overseas, our, our guests, uh, Mongolia, I believe you said. And I'm sure things were always good in Mongolia. Always had everything on the shelf you needed, never faced any kind of hardships at any time. Life was hunky-dory, dandy-do all the time. And I'm, I'm basing that on all the missionary letters we get from every continent that we support them to. Never, where never is heard a discouraging word. And the clouds are, skies are not cloudy all day. Isn't that, isn't that pretty much a report, brother, from Mongolia? And, and now that you're in Chattanooga, man, they really got things squared away there, right? <laughs> The bottom line is this, be instant in season, and praise God for the in season when the blessings are flowing. What does it say next? 
What does that mean? The Bible applies when times are great. The Bible applies when God's presence is near. The Bible applies when you're in that season of life where you feel like your prayers are bouncing off. The preacher is told to do that, preach the word, be instant. Regardless of how the, his personal times, his family times, the times in the church is gone, he's done that. Now he's given three words that are direct commands that he's supposed to do. They are reprove, rebuke, exhort. Reprove means to warn you about things that's going to get you if you don't pay attention. That's not a deep biblical definition, but it's a warning. Do we ever hear messages of warning? Do they always line up with the way we see things? Do they ever offend us when preacher's doing what he's supposed to do? He's given those words, and if we look, maybe we need to dig in a little further about what he's saying and take it from where it's him teaching us to us, asking the Bible to teach us above and beyond through the spirit that resides in us after salvation. Rebuke, that means after we've done something wrong, right? And I've been here a long time, and I know nobody in Bible Baptist Church Thaddeus Sartain. His halo is glowing. I've known this young man, and he has just been absolutely a perfect example of Christian fatherhood, husbandhood, deaconhood. And shall I go on, or is it? He's never, I'm sure, I'm sure Mrs. Sartain has never had to, had to rebuke him. And I'm quite sure my wife of 49 years, and you all know her well enough to know that she's never, ever had a crossword to to say to me why does God say to the pastor to do these things because we're people we're sinners and we need it and God knows what it takes to get us to a place where we can listen where we can humble our hearts where we can say oops ouch yeah that's right I need to fix that and take a knee at an altar and ask God for his forgiveness and that last word by the way if you look at it those first two are owies now what's the next one exhort and that's kind of like a Brother Al Stone, that he read tonight. What did he do? He, he, he exhorted us to do things here like what was happening up there. We did, and it's kind of a cheerleading mode. It's to, 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 uh, to lift you up, to, to, to praise you. When you He read a, a letter, an email of some folks praising about the friendliness of the church, and that's the exhortation. That, that friendliness we have, let's keep that. Let's grow that. And So that's the kind of the job of a pastor. But what about us as far as it's regarding our own obedience can we get everything we need from the pastor will we grow up into full maturity if all we ever do is listen to what dr randy dignan preaches from this pulpit will we reach maturity will we satisfy god with our growth if all we ever do is listen sunday morning sunday night wednesday night and even get the tapes from when he goes and preaches at youth conferences is that enough to meet the biblical command that says teaching them to observe all things. Are we included in that word them? Or is that just all outward or does that include us? So we're moving into a season, thank God finally, where we're going to focus in on discipleship. And there's levels, if you look at that, uh, the Bible talks about to desire the milk of the word. And uh, in the, the series we're going into, we're going to be looking at that as we look at the level one, four books, We've already had some discussions, understanding salvation, eternal security, baptism, and the Word of God. Some very basic things that the average four, five, six, seven-year-old should understand. If they're old enough to be saved and understand the grace of God, they can understand those subjects. And then you start reaching where 
you need to know a little more, and that's going to develop at different times. The question is, is how long? If you look at the disciples from the time he called them until they were full-blown, discipled as much as he was going to get it, he walked with them three and a half years. If you look at Paul when he called uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila from the time of their salvation until they were pastoring in their own church, some folks and Bible scholars that looked at that said it took about 18 months from salvation and working beside Paul and, and tent making until they were on their own. They traveled with him. They continued to be disciples for about a year and a half. And then, boom, they were responsible for, you know, being church planners and, and so on. And others, it has different levels of time. What about the Christian? Like me, for example. Steve's been saved longer than I have. I got saved at 12. I'm 68, however many years that is. I've been saved 56 years. Have I grown enough to, to look like a 56-year-old person that's grown? At what time did, did I start growing? I got saved at 12, didn't start growing at all until I was 15. You know what started my growth? It wasn't an organized discipleship. It was a couple that gave me a Bible. In my 15th and 16th year of life, I began to open that Bible. And you know what I began to see? I'm, I'm giving you a warning here. While we're commanded to do it, it's not always pretty. You know what you're going to do when you open up the Bible and you start letting it see how it applies to you? You're going to see that there's things that it says to do that you ain't doing. You're going to see that there's things in there it says not to do that you've been doing for a long time. And you're going to have to make a decision. What's right? The way I've been doing it? The way I see it? Or this book that I'm reading? And one of the great things about my 15th and 16th year of life one of the best decisions I ever made after I said yes to the Lord as I knew he was calling me as a 12-year-old was I decided that if there was a difference between what I read and what I thought, that the Bible had the authority and not me. That I would change, that I would not try to change what the book said. And I want to tell you there was a lot of pain involved with that decision, a lot of change. But the Lord said in the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, he says, I'm the Lord. I change not what's your possibility of changing god so bottom line is you want life here to be good the very best thing you can do better than dropping a dollar in the offering plate uh, better than uh, going and knocking on a door is every single thing that you read that's counsel out of the word of god you do it so we're going to be looking at phase three and that's uh, uh i'll get you going on that in just a second like we did before in groups and discussions will come back, but effectively, uh, that the next level uh, that uh, we'll go into as we have the discipleship courses that begin in October, level two, there's a total of eight books. When we get all the way through this, this particular group that we're starting with, and I say starting because for those that want to go deeper, there'll be other courses that can follow, as some can already attest, but in that level two, it's, uh, you might call it that period of uh, teenagerhood or leaving the house and being on your own some of my grandchildren have already done that established their own homes we have the subjects of level two or, or young adulthood if you will a prayer the holy spirit witnessing for christ book four is new testament church forgiveness there was much discussion on forgiveness last week uh, financial stewardship any questions on that i think steve is the resident expert the judgment seat of christ and the eighth book is god's will for your life, I'm going to share a sad. I'm going to share a sad uh, fact with you. From things in training, I uh, was introduced to when I was in my early 20s, and I have seen them 
boiling out as now I'm in my 60s as far as God's will for your life. Did you know that an overwhelming majority of people get as old as Patty McNally? Sorry, Patty. You're not quite there to senior middle age yet, but I just wanted to throw you into the mix. When people get as old as Paulette, I'm trying to be serious here. In all seriousness, they look back, and it's not a wondering about whether or not they're saved. It's not wondering about whether or not they're going to go to heaven. It's a wondering, is have I been pleasing to God with my life? Have I done the things he created me to do? One of the benefits and one of the strong encouragements that I'm going to give you as you go through discipleship is don't be a part of the majority that looks back with regrets about your life and your fulfillment of the purpose that good Lord created you for. He says it in Jeremiah in the first chapter where he says, before you is in mama's womb. He said, I knew you. And the purpose. He says there in the 29th chapter, famous verse, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. God has given us through the Bible and through his presence inside of us of the Holy Spirit everything we need to be able to get to old age and look back with a smile and a sense of gratitude and coffee on the front porch. Reading the Bible in the morning saying, boy, God's been so, so good to us. You have to get to that level. Most people don't. How do you get there? By learning that you're wrong, that the Bible's right, and how to yield your life and what you think to what the Bible says and the purpose of discipleship is take you towards that. I want to focus just a little bit on the phrase that he said last week. He says that teaching them to observe all things, last words whatsoever I commanded you. The focus here is there's a lot of things uh, that are doctrinal. Uh, we need to know why we believe what we believe and, and different things and positions and dispensations and all that. But from a military standpoint, looking at that verse, which is called the Great Commission, if you zone in on that, really, where your focus should be, if you want to be discipled, is be aware of those verses where the Lord is speaking like, this is what I want you to do, and he makes it clear. Those are the commands of God. If you will simply try to line up and do the things that he said do. The Bible says be not hearers only, but doers. What's the problem? And we're going to get into that in the third level, which we're fixing to start going into now. The problem is, is we sometimes remain hearers and never change to do. Many, many people have never had the joy of hearing somebody bow a knee and say, Dear Lord, please forgive me my sins. Please come into my life. Even though we're all told to share the word and do that. So we'll go into these. I'll give you three to discuss. You can break up into groups and we'll come back in a few minutes. This is level three. It'll last eight weeks. It'll be weeks... Uh, 13 through 20 of the first discipleship course. The first booklet looks at the subject of grace. The second one looks at practical Christian living. I'm going to set that aside because what's needed in these last days and the hard times it's going to be gone through is we need to be able to pull out and see what does the Bible tell us about practical Christian living out of the book. Sanctification, that's being set aside for a specific purpose. I think I'll pull that one out because we talked about purpose. Victory over sin. If we pull that one out, it'd make it very uncomfortable for a lot of us, wouldn't it? 
Jesus Christ at level three from a grown-up perspective. I want to go ahead and say right here, the Bible says, except you become as a child. So I'm not making an exception here, but what I'm going to say about maturity and growing in the in, in, in maturity as a Christian is somehow or another as you grow and you grow into old age and you really fall more and more in love with the Lord, never lose the wonder of a child as your personal walk with the Lord deepens into old age. Always keep that sense of awe and wonder about what he's done for you. Jesus Christ. Creation, spiritual gifts. I'm going to go ahead and pull this last one out. Our spiritual armor. The third level, these are the, the things that we'll want you to uh, we'll take about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes to discuss. And we'll have some testimonies and then we'll call it a service. Are sanctification, set aside for a purpose. Practical Christian living, you can choose any one of these three subjects. And our spiritual armor, the defensive things or the, the, the stuff that we wear in order to engage in the wicked world we live in while being in the world but not of the world. Those three subjects. So the directions are basically similar to what you've done before. Gather together, discuss which one you're going to do. I'll come back in a few minutes and ask for some testimonies of what you've learned out of it. And then we'll close the service.